When I, when I heard that uh, I cannot get anything from what I owed, and then, like, why not? The first thing I came up with, why not? I paid my tax. I paid same rate as uh, Australian people paid, and I did nothing illegal. But why am I not getting anything from <laughs> what I deserve? If you've been sticking with us this week on Dirty Linen, you'll know that we've been following the story of Red Spice Road, a restaurant that closed in Melbourne in May 2020 and announced its reopening in January 2021. We're speaking to different people who've been impacted by this decision. And today I'm really very grateful and thrilled to have someone who knows the situation intimately. Her name is Sunjan Mo, and she was the head chef at Red Spice Road. Mo, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. Uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Just, you know, tell the audience where you're from and what brought you to Australia and then to Red Spice Road. Yeah, um, I'm originally from Korea, South Korea. And I worked there as a chef in Korea, like, for eight years before I came to Australia. And um, I came to Australia. I came to Australia like in 2016, uh, mid-February, so with my working on the visa because uh, I just wanted to have a dif- different experience before, um, and then maybe working on the visa will be uh, great to have a like working in overseas as a chef. It would be like I think amazing. So that's the, that's the reason that I came here. And so a working holiday visa initially, it allows you to work here for one year and then to get another year on the visa, you need to do some work in the regions. What happened with you, with your visa? Did you, what, yeah, where did you work and what happened with the visa? Uh, yes, yeah, so I came here 2016, uh, sorry, um, 16th of February 2016 with my working on the visa. And then um, I found the respite road on Gumtree website. I was very fortunate. So I dropped my CV on next uh, myself and um, I got a job at the Respice Road at, on 24th of February 2016. Oh wow, so, really yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then um, I, I offered as a full-timer straight away but and I wanted to, which I wanted to. So um, I started working as a full-timer and in a uh, as a chef the party, um, I had to taking care of the Lara section um, because uh, the two of the people in work uh, work as a Lara in charge had to leave in in a month, so I had to taking care of it. And that time, uh, it was I think middle of uh, June, maybe beginning of June of 2016. I got an offer from the Respice Road uh, as a sponsorship visa. So I, this is a, the Respice Road was my first and only place that I worked in Melbourne. Wow, oh, and, that's amazing. Yeah, and I worked there for a bit over four years. Okay, so when you take on, when you're sponsored by an employer, um, that means that you your visa is attached to that business. Yeah, and that's correct. Yeah. If you, I mean, what were your aspirations? Like, were you, did you feel like, I mean, there's also a pathway when you're, when you're sponsored, there's a pathway towards permanent residency if the business wants to keep you and if you want to stay in Australia. Mm -hmm. Is that the track that you were on? Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, um, 
I had a little bit struggle with my English test, but after um, we, I get the, I got, I got the sponsorship visa, and I was able to apply for my permanent residency. So, which is I did it on um, 2019, I think. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's quite an investment, isn't it? Like, how much yeah. do you think you spent on your application for permanent residency? That time, 2019, when I applied, was uh, I had my partner, so we had to both apply together. So maybe around 12 grand as far as member, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's quite an investment. And if all had gone well, when do you think you would have been able to secure that permanent residency? Mm, we were guess we were we were hoping that like we will get it this year at some point. But as you know, we all <laughs> got terminated, so we had to draw our the visa, which was permanent residency. And um, we had to reapply again, which costs uh, in total like 20 grand again. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I was a bit surprised that I had that money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised too. You must be be good at saving. Oh, you're all gone. (laughs) Yeah, it's all gone now. So let's we'll talk more about that in a minute, but let's okay. talk about what it was like working at Red Spice Road. I came and ate your food there when you just moved to the new business on uh, Queen Street late mm-hmm. in 2019. Yep. I was really awed by the scale of the place, how busy it was. And <laughs> uh, speaking to you as part of the research for my review that I wrote, uh, you really, I guess, impressed me with, what you managed to pull together as a chef oh thank you for that but um we i was very actually grateful and very excited to working over there because as you know it's very massive venue and then also in the lunch time you have to serve the food in a very fast pace because of the like all the office people coming coming around so there sometimes they have to in and out in in an hour so you have to serve the food like at least two course or sometimes three course meal in an hour, like seven or eight dishes. So mm. it's very fast paced. But wow. yeah. And um, but we were very loved to working there and we were very like proud ourselves ended up like sometimes we did a on a Friday over three hundred people for lunch and over 400 people for dinner in the same day like in total seven 700 people and then and like end of the night we were very proud of ourselves that we did it without any hiccup <laughs> yeah. yeah it is amazing it felt like a very well-oiled machine and <laughs> I, I think you know one thing about what you brought to the venue you know red spice road has a 12-year history but i think you really expanded the menu and brought in quite a lot of new dishes didn't you they I would, actually I tried to do it because of well before the head chef or the people menus were most of them were like uh, focused on Thai cuisine and then Vietnamese sometimes a little bit of a hint of a Japanese little but it wasn't that much but um, uh, I can tell that we all the workers employed were all over the world so like I, gen- I, ne- I originally came from Korea, some of them were like main 
than China. Some of them were Thailand, some of them were like Italy, French, German, or yeah, like Canada, UK, everywhere. So we, I wanted to brought up, brought up everyone's like cuisines all together as much as I can. As I can. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, everyone really helped me to do that thing. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because it, it sort of goes to the team spirit that I could feel when I visited there. It did really feel like you were people that had come from all kinds of different places and backgrounds, but that you felt like you were working uh, on a project together. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess uh, because of we treat each other very well, like we understand, we understood each other, we understood very well, and then we trying to make a trying to make a, like a home family to each other so look after so like we didn't really have to like say something to each other like at some point we knew what they needed so like because of the, you know the hospitality is all all about the people yeah yeah and then we actually felt that much yeah and so i know that you know the owners of the business uh, were back and forth between Sydney and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Did you have much contact with them? Uh, yeah. After I became a head chef, I had to do the meeting with them like every once a week at least. Um, yeah, they were trying to come to Melbourne as much as as they can. They could, and then sometimes we had to talk with them on the like video chat or something. But yeah, they were pretty much happy. They were pretty much happy what we were doing actually at that time. Mm. Mm. Well, the restaurant was really busy. Yeah. Um, obviously, they'd invested a lot in the new premises, but it seemed like Melbourne was, yeah, really excited that it was open and so many loyal customers were, were flocking there, mm-hmm. especially for that busy Christmas period. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mo, you know, none of us knew that there was a pandemic that was going to hit us only a few months into the uh, the, the new year or the you know the new life of Red Spice Road in its new location. Can you talk to me about what that was like for you? After COVID or before COVID? Well, when COVID when COVID hit, what when what? COVID hit, we well, it was from January as a, as far as I remember. Um, we were trying to like one by one stood down. But try and then start doing a takeaway business after the restrictions started. But we were trying to manage it like as much as we can. Like we literally brought our car and then trying to try to deliver the, all the food like within a eight kilometer radius, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. And then I was a uh, a uh, little bit uh, restricted. Uh, sorry, uh, redesigned the menu a little bit for the takeaway menu uh, like I put on like dumplings like a little bit of broth laksa or, or fried rice like people gonna like it mm. at home so yeah so we try to manage it like to keep it business as much as we could and obviously you know the business didn't continue. So, mm-hmm. what what happened um, in that period uh, before the closure? Did you feel like things were coming to a close? Was it something that you were nervous about? To be honest, not we. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, so, I uh, I told to working on the 
one day or two days because of the JobKeeper. I, I was a visa holder, so I wasn't allowed to get the, any support from government. So one day I was making a dumpling for the takeaway menu. And then um, I, think, I think it was the next day or something. And I went to work and in a couple of hours they told us, oh, we're going to close on today, the venue. It was like, oh, okay. And um, they started to call the people to take the, all the fresh stuff because they gonna clo- after they close on, they can't use it. But they didn't want to waste it. So we call all the people, the employees, and from even head, head office, they come to people and then grab the like, fresh stuff, like give it a go. And then, so I was uh, like packing up my dumplings yesterday in May and put it in the freezer so for the I can use for later and um, because of which like I understand that we're gonna reopen in a couple of months when the situation get better and mm-hmm. so like and then even the day we're leaving the venue they didn't tell us they're going to like liquidation or something and then maybe t- two days later we got like so, this, I left all my knife and everything because uh, anyway, I'm gonna use it later. So, and then two days maybe later, we got the message from the head office that oh, you're gonna take your belongings from here because we're gonna clear up the venue. <gasps> wow! Yeah, so it was like oh, okay. And then we kitchen team was like okay, let's gathering this time and then we go. We went there and then they're literally taking all the appliances from the kitchen. And then one guy was trying to take a picture in the kitchen, of kitchen, and then they told us not to do. Why do you think they did that? Well, I don't know, but still that time, they didn't tell us they're going to liquidation as well. They said just, we're gonna reopen, but they didn't tell us why they're gonna take all the the equipment and everything. And then we actually, all the belongings went to the, moved to the Clifton, which was a couple of hundred meters away. So we had to go to Clifton to collect all the knives and everything. And then, but still, but that time we realized that something's going on. So I had to contact one of the HL and then I asked her, like, tell me, tell us what's going on because we need to be prepared, like especially visa holders. And she, and after that, day after, we got the email from liquidation company and then Vanessa was as well, like, we're going to close up. So Vanessa's one of the owners. So, yeah. Mo, you sent me the letter you got from the liquidation company. The liquidator is set as shepherd and mm-hmm. they outlined the entitlements that you were owed. They mm-hmm. total $36,504.09. So $36,554.09. That included $17,477 in annual leave and $12,307 in redundancy. Mm-hmm. Have you got any of that money? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Not a single penny. Mm. And what have you been told by the company? How, what did they did company. they call you to, to tell you? Oh, uh, nothing so far. Well, I... To be honest, I'm not sure I can, I'm, I'm allowed to talk to you this one or not, but after they, you know, that Laura and Christian's uh, podcast, uh, and then the Sunday Age newspaper, uh, we got the email from Vanessa today. I think it's today. Yeah. And then um, 
She said we were about to pay all you guys and then call you guys back as well. But because of that happening, it's quite hard now. Something like that. So yeah. I, well, I don't understand. But if you if you were thinking about us, then you could have contacted us before we saw that sick.com or either the Facebook post from John McLean. So, Mo, how did you feel when you heard that Red Spice Road was reopening? Oh, it was uh, it was very hard, to be honest. Like, I uh, after we actually got get terminated, um, I asked Vanessa personally by email that can you move? It was uh, only four of us left, the visa holders, me, the Will from the Respasor Kitchen, Rora, and um, the Bermelin Heshep Dino. Only four of us left in the, in this country. All of them were left. Mm. And then I asked her, like, can you move us to the Clifton's company? Because I knew that they have a different the sister venue. I mean, just a company, I guess. And she said no, because it's kind of different structures. And then now they put up advertisements on Clifton's name. Yeah. For Respice Road. That thing, I don't get it. doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. Well, it's a bit of a... There are different... Obviously, there's a number of different companies that are involved um, with this business. So, yeah, Red Spice Road. The, the restaurant name seems to be... A uh, different company to who was employing you and a yeah. different company again to Clifton's, which is also associated. And it, as you say, it's the one that's advertising for employees for the reopening. What, um, so let's just go back to what the closure meant for your visa, Mo. So you're sponsored, the business liquidates. That puts you in a very perilous position, doesn't it, in terms of your place in Australia? Obviously. Uh it was a very hard moment, to be honest. Um, I didn't know what to do <laughs> for, a, for a while. Like, I was blank. But I had to sort it out within a 60 days, as you know. Um, so I was trying to find the, the place where it can take over our sponsorship. But in terms of the situation, it was very hard. So, um, but... Uh, my husband, uh, we, we used to work together in Respasio, by the way. Um, okay. Yeah, he's working in a, one of the cafe, and then his owner was very happy to help us. So um, now, actually, my visa situation is uh, uh, we have lodged our uh, transferring sponsorship, um, and then we have lodged our PL again. Okay, so and that's what's cost you the extra twenty thousand dollars is going through that process once again. That's correct. <laughs> so you already paid, let's say, twelve thousand dollars for your visa to date. You're owed thirty six thousand dollars by Red Spice Road, mm-hmm. and you had to pay another twenty thousand um, dollars to Redo restart again. that process yeah. Yeah. and get back to where you were before in terms of being on the pathway to permanent residency. Yep. True. That is a mess, hey? <laughs> I 
I was uh, I was very I was trying hard to not to get depressed. <laughs> well, uh, during the lockdown, um, I tried to walk every every day two hours. Like it was a lot of uh, memories came and go, but yeah, I was uh, trying to maintain myself. And yeah, but it was very hard time. I can tell. And. I know that it's um, brought a lot of this stuff up for you, you know, that I've written this story and spoken to some of the other people at Red Spice Road. I mean, how are you feeling about things now? Oh, Danny, I cannot say thank you enough to you. Oh, no, don't say thanks to me. I mean, like, you know, like, we are the, well, we are the vulnerable people, like visa holders especially, and then no one... No one could try to look up, look into it. And then you actually did it. You actually speak out that, oh, hey guys, like this is happening. It shouldn't be. But no one's trying to actually have a look at it, but actually you did it. So it was like, like I think I already emailed you and everything. Like I was very grateful that what you're doing, what you've been doing to, uh, for us actually. Well, I wasn't I wasn't trying to get you to say that, that's for sure. But I suppose what I do I do want people to understand is that you you are in such a vulnerable position and that a business can can close owing you so much money and then reopen um, uh, without getting back in touch with you. I think it's yeah, where do you turn? What where is where is the help for people like yourself? Exactly. Like I uh I didn't understand like I didn't I'm not gonna get any of my entitlement. Like I I'm pretty sure I had over three hundred hours annual leave. Like in in four more than four years, I well Maybe I went to holiday for two months, I think. Because I, like, I was busy at my, my work, so I couldn't actually make the time. Well, but when I, when I heard that I, I cannot get anything from what I owed, and then, like, why not? The first thing I came up with, why not? I paid my tax. I paid same rate as uh, Australian people paid and I did nothing illegal but why I'm not getting anything from <laughs> what I deserve yeah well your time is, is is as valuable as anybody else's like you count and that's that's yeah. what the that's yeah. the message is that yeah. it, it is that that didn't count true um yeah what do you think's next for you, Mo? <laughs> well, it's really hard to think by now, actually, because I've, I'm waiting for, like, two visa to be approved. And, well, we, we are not sure that when it's going to happen. But I, uh, I even told my husband and my, like, the cafe colleagues as well, like, I am kind of miss my restaurant vibe. Like the all the previous workplace that I worked was were like over two hundred seatings. Like so, I'm I know I'm very good at dealing with uh, the large amount of people. 
and then fast pace as well. So I want to go back to the the restaurant that I'm passionate about and then big enough venue as well. Like I'm kind of missed the vibe. So I want to go back to that what I, where I was. Mm. Well, I remember, you know, when uh, this all happened, started happening for you in May when you lost your job and we were in touch then and I was just alarmed that Melbourne might lose you because you are, I think, you know, such such a skilled person and to be able to do what you were doing at Red Spice Road, to run that big machine, it's like it's super impressive and you're the kind of person that makes Melbourne a dining destination. Like we should not lose you. You you know, you, you're, you're employed and sponsored because of, of what you can bring to a business and you shouldn't be cast off like that. There's too much done you. <laughs> so compliment, yeah. Tell, tell me, Mo, let's, let's finish with something happy. Tell me a dish that you love to cook. Um, well, dish that I want to cook. I want to, I'm, so to be honest, the Respice Road was my um, first Asian restaurant that I worked. I used to work in a like Italian restaurant or either I mean Italian cuisine or either like American style like live fusion in Korea. Mm-hmm. So it was my uh, big challenge as well to work in a restaurant and uh, it was a big learning and I still very love to doing it. So probably yeah I'm not quite sure but yeah I I love to cooking like in a Asian base cuisine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I really hope that you get the chance to do that again soon and to cook in a venue that um, is as busy as you want it to be and challenges you enough. And um, yeah, I look forward to being able to eat your food there. Mm-hmm. Mo, I really appreciate you talking to us. Um, it's so great to have you on the show and to get your perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. <laughs>